All right, week eight waiver wire show headed into week nine of the NFL season. It's getting down to crunch time. There's only four or five weeks left in the fantasy football regular season until your playoffs. If you are a team that needs wins, it's time to start selling some pieces. Maybe you have some injured players. Start selling guys off for guys that can help you win right now. If you're a team that's already in the playoffs, you're at the top of your league, it's time to start stashing some high upside running backs and some high upside players that can end up being league-winning players if an injury or something like that happens to other players. So starting off with the waivers for this week, week 8 headed into week 9. So We're going to start with running backs. So some running backs to consider adding this week on your team. Dexter Williams is first. Dexter Williams is from Notre Dame. He was a decent player at Notre Dame. I know he had a solid senior bowl, somewhat athletic. He is looking to command at least the early down work for the Packers this Thursday night. I don't know if he's going to handle passing down work, but I do know Dexter Williams had a decent career at Notre Dame. He showed well at the Senior Bowl. I I don't know if it was last year or two years ago. I think it was last year, but possibly two years ago. He has been on the Packers practice squad, and as of right now, with Aaron Jones banged up, A.J. Dillon has COVID, and Jamal Williams was a close contact of A.J. Dillon. So all three of those players are out. Dexter Williams looks to be the starting running back for the Green Bay Packers this Thursday night against the 49ers. I don't know if I would consider starting Dexter Williams unless you are completely, completely desperate, just need running back help. I actually think he's going to end up having a solid game. I don't think he's going to do anything insane, but I do think there is some sort of, not floor, but there is some sort of chance he has a solid game. When you are the starting running back for Aaron Rodgers on the Packers, there's always a chance that you can score on the goal line because they're in the red zone so much, there's always a chance for a touchdown there. Next, Jamichael Hasty. If Jamichael Hasty isn't owned in your league, Tevin Coleman came back and got injured. Mostert is still injured, and they still are not giving Jarek McKinnon the ball in San Francisco. So Jamichael Hasty on Thursday night could end up being the lead back. He had the most carries by far this past week for the 49ers so he could handle early down work. I think Jarek McKinnon will get the third down work and the passing down work, but I think Jermichael Hasty could be the early down back. Same thing, if you're desperate, I think Hasty could be a decent play here, some 8 to 12 points, somewhere in that range, um, a solid, decent, low-end RB2 game if you need it, if you just need running backs, if you're just desperate for running back help at this point in the season with all the injuries, COVID, things like that. If you need a running back, Hasty could be a solid add and start this week. Number three, DJ Dallas. So DJ Dallas scored two touchdowns last week. He played almost all the snaps at running back for the, for the Seahawks. He had five catches, too, which shows he can catch the ball. He's a rookie. DJ Dallas was the only, pretty much the only back healthy for the Seahawks. Hyde was out. Travis Homer was out. Chris Carson is out, or was out. 
Chris Carson this week. Chris Carson is one of those guys that always plays when he has an injury. So DJ Dallas, I wouldn't spend too much free agent auction money on him or a high waiver priority on him. But if he goes through waivers, add him. If all those running backs, if Chris Carson is out again, um, DJ Dallas could be in for another solid day for Seattle. Number four, Gus Edwards. Gus Edwards had more carries than Dobbins. Dobbins was the better, more efficient runner, but it still seems like Gus Edwards is the lead back. It was kind of a split, an even split, but it looks like Gus Edwards is still going to get his. It's not. It doesn't look like the Ravens are just going to hand everything over to J.K. Dobbins. So Gus Edwards is a, another decent to decent to good play this week going forward, assuming Mark Ingram is out again. Gus Edwards does not add much PPR reception value, if any at all, but he will most likely get you 60 to 80 yards on the ground and possibly a touchdown like he did this week. Number five, Zach Moss. Zach Moss does not offer a ton of upside, but if he keeps playing better, he had two touchdowns this week, if he keeps playing better, he has a chance to start earning more carries over Devin Singletary. He's going to get all the goal line touches that Josh Allen doesn't run in himself. Singletary is not used on the goal line, so Moss, there is some potential for touchdowns. He's not an explosive player. There's not going to be any big plays from him, so he's going to be extremely volume-dependent and red zone carry dependent. Singletary likely going to be change of pace third down back, and I'm not really touching either player at this point, but same thing as the other guys. If you're desperate, Zach Moss could have just earned himself more carries going forwards. I'm not high on Moss because of the Bills' schedule going forward. The Bills are about to run into a gauntlet of a schedule upcoming they have I think Seattle I I don't know in specific order but upcoming they have Seattle um, Arizona Pittsburgh New England again teams like that and the 49ers they they're about to hit a gauntlet of a schedule so I don't know if there's much upside if any for Zach Moss but if you need someone to plug and play to just pray for a touchdown or two like this week Zach Moss could be an ad Six, Jordan Wilkins. So Jonathan Taylor, I love Jonathan Taylor. I talk a lot, I talked a lot about Jonathan Taylor this summer. Jonathan Taylor is not getting it done. They fed, not fed, but they gave Jordan Wilkins more touches this week. Wilkins delivered with 90 yards and a touchdown. Wilkins is set up to take over primary first and second down uh, running back touches here if ta- if Taylor is just going to keep throwing up duds every week. Hines is going to get the passing down work, but after the game, it was reported that Jonathan Taylor had some sort of an ankle problem, so this could be a scenario in which you see, oh, the player isn't playing well. We're going to say that he has a small injury, and it's going to be an excuse for us to have that player sit the bench injured without 
without ta- without coming out and saying, "Hey, we're just going to bench you." They're just going to say, "Hey, you have a small injury, we're going to hold you out for a week or two because we're going to be precautionary. We could be a playoff team. We're just going to hold you out, make sure you're healthy. We don't want to re-aggravate any injury." And by doing that, the Colts don't have to tell tell Jonathan Taylor, "Hey, you're just getting benched or, or we're going to get give other guys touches." So it could, this could be an excuse for them to say, hey, Taylor, maybe you should sit down for a week or two. So Wilkins could be teed up for early down work. He doesn't offer much in the passing game. But if Taylor does miss with this ankle, whatever this ankle problem is, Wilkins could be teed up for early down work. Seven, Wayne Gallman. Wayne Gallman had 40 yards and a touchdown on Monday Night Football. He only caught one pass, which is odd. Wayne Gallman is usually a solid pass catcher. He had five catches last week when Devontae Freeman went out injured. Gallman isn't a terrible ad. He's probably going to get you 10-ish plus points every week. He had 40 yards and a touchdown. That's 10 points right there. Had a 20-yard catch. That's 12-ish points. Gallman is a, is a decent ad. And if Freeman's going to miss time, the Giants' schedule lightens up. They play some lighter defenses going forward. Gallman isn't the worst ad you can have here. I think out of all these ads, I think Gallman could be the one that produces the most fantasy points the rest of the year. So out of Gallman, Wilkins, Moss, Edwards, DJ Dallas, Hasty, Dexter Williams, I think rest of season... Wayne Gallman actually could be the one out of this group that produces the most fantasy points. It's not going to be a ton. He's not a a stud or anything. It's not going to be a ton of fantasy points, but the Giants' schedule lightens up. He's a great pass catcher, and if he can deliver 50 yards and a touchdown and three to four catches every week, that's 14 to 15 fantasy points every single week. It's not going to be that many every week, but there is potential for 10 to 15 fantasy points every week, barring the touchdown, which could sway, obviously, six points either way. Eight, Anthony McFarland. So Anthony McFarland is a rookie from Maryland. He's He has great speed, ran like, I think he ran a low 4-4 at the combine. McFarland could be, he could be down the stretch here, that lightning, that lightning to James Conner's kind of thunder where he gets five, six carries a game, maybe, maybe, where he they involve him more, he has great speed, maybe he gets five, six touches a game, can make some huge explosive plays happen, a long run, something like that. This week, he only had one carry, but the significance of that and why he's on this list is that he got one carry behind Connor, Benny Snell, no carries behind Connor this week. So maybe, maybe they could be starting to try out McFarland over Snell. And we'll have to see going forward. But McFarland has great speed. James Conner is always a threat to get injured. He's been fine this year, but there's always a chance James Conner can get injured. So keep an eye on McFarland's usage going forward. Number nine, Dallas Goddard. So McFarland was it for the running backs. That was it for the running backs. I have two tight ends for you to possibly stash. 
Dallas Goddard, only one catch on Sunday Night Football. It was kind of a terrible game. It was just a sloppy game overall. Goddard, first game back. I think, honestly, Goddard was rushed back. The reports and everything people were saying was that Goddard likely Goddard wasn't likely to come back this week. They have a bye next week. I think what happened is that the Eagles said, hey, we're going to bring Rager back. We're going to bring Goddard back this week. We play the Cowboys. It's a divisional matchup. They're still close in the standings, even though Dallas appears to be one of the worst teams in the league now with Danucci at quarterback, possibly Cooper Rush at quarterback this week. So I think the Eagles were kind of like, hey, you know what? We are just going to bring all our guys back a little early to make sure we can win this game and get a lead on the division. But now they're headed into a bye week. I think Goddard is worth an add. Goddard, I think, actually is better than Zach Ertz, or at least he could be. He's been outplaying Zach Ertz, or he was early in the year, even with Ertz and Goddard both healthy. Goddard was outplaying him. Goddard's younger. Ertz is getting older. Ertz is on the last year of his contract. I think Ertz is on the way out. They could now start to use Goddard more and more after the bye week, get Goddard back up to 100% and get him acclimated as the number one tight end for Philly while Ertz is still out. They could be pushing Ertz out the door and they could be getting ready to anoint Dallas Goddard as their tight end of the future. Number 10, Jordan Reed. Jordan Reed's coming off IR this week as George Kittle goes on IR. George Kittle likely, he they said eight weeks, but it is possible his season is over. Jordan Reed has, play, has played great when Kittle was injured. I think there was one or two games there where he scored a couple touchdowns. I think he might have had 100 yards one game. Jordan Reed, if healthy, as we've said for the last however many years, Jordan Reed, if healthy in this offense, could be a very solid tight end going forward. Debo Samuel is now injured. They're dealing with running back injuries. There's not many pass-catching targets there. Jordan Reed could be a pass-catching target at tight end going forward for the rest of the season. Jordan Reed is for sure worth an add. Let's see what happens on Thursday night if he does come off IR and play. And Jordan Reed, if he stays healthy, could be one of the better tight ends in fantasy going forward down the stretch here, down the down the stretch of the fantasy season. Okay, going into wide receivers. I only have a couple wide receivers worth adding this week. There's not too much going on at the wide receiver position. Jalen Rager scored a touchdown in his first game back. Jalen Rager was a awesome producer as a sophomore at TCU battled some terrible terrible quarterback play in college he's dynamic and Jalen Rager is a fantastic player he missed the last however last I don't know five weeks or something like that I'm just guessing I don't even know but something like that five-ish weeks and it was a hand injury it was a, a wrist hand injury so there's nothing to be scared of there's no it's not a hamstring knee problem nothing like that there's no nothing, no soft tissue injury like that where he could keep re-injuring it or re-aggravating it. It was just a wrist-hand injury. He appears to be back. Fulgham looks like the number one officially in Philly now, but 
after the buy here, they could have Rager come fully online. And Rager, I, I loved Rager as a prospect, one of my favorite in the class this year. So Rager, if fully online going forward the rest of season, could be an absolute monster for Carson Wentz. Sterling Shepard needs to be added now. 18 targets the last two weeks since he came back. Eight and six catches. And like I said about Gallman, the Giants' schedule gets easier and easier now going towards the end of the season. The Giants' schedule gets easier. Shepard, I think he gets Washington next week. I know they have a couple easy matchups at the end of the season. I'm actually going to look it up so I can tell everyone what the matchups are for the Giants because I know I've, I've talked about two Giants players now and the Giants aren't really a great offense. But if I'm going to talk about two players that you should consider adding, I sh for schedule reasons, I should probably tell you what the schedule is. So this week they have at Washington, Philly, and then a bye week, and then weeks 12, 13, 14, 15. At Cincinnati, at Seattle, Arizona, and Cleveland. So those are all really solid matchups for Sterling Shepard as opposed to early in the season. The, the schedule for the Giants, it was Pittsburgh, Chicago, San Fran, Rams. They had Dallas in there, but Shepard wasn't active, obviously. And now he's back, and... Eight catches against the Bucks is a great game. Eight for 74, that's a solid game. The schedule gets easier. Shepard is going to be a target monster for Daniel Jones in this offense. Definitely add Shepard. Great floor play. Could have some upside for more going forwards. Next, Isaiah Ford. So I didn't have Isaiah Ford on this list originally. Isaiah Ford is a very solid player. He can, he can play in the slot. He can play. That Isaiah Ford can play. I don't know why they aren't using him in Miami, but every time Isaiah Ford has been a starter, he gets like 40, 50 yards on four or five catches. That's 10 fantasy points right there in PPR leagues. That's awesome. And he, he sometimes has more. Some He's had some weeks with 80 yards and a touchdown. He had a big week, week two or three against the Bills. 80 yards, I think, on seven, eight catches. Isaiah Ford is a very solid player, and he just got traded to the New England Patriots. Cam Newton, been dreadful this year, but we've seen now the last week or two that uh, the Patriots need a, a, a pass catcher. They need somebody. They have pretty much nobody. Jacoby Myers has been it the last week or two. Demir Bird is kind of just an outside field stretcher, fast, deep threat. They have nobody to catch the ball. Edelman is on IR. Ford can play outside. He can play in the slot. And I think Ford is worth a stash in deeper PPR leagues. Ford is worth a stash. Like I said, Ford isn't even... Ford's a younger player. He's not older. He's a younger player. And I think Miami just wanted the extra draft pick. Miami, you're likely to see rookie Lynn Bowden finally start to get some snaps here going forward. I think with the move to Tua, Miami is trying to see what they have for the future. You could see Bowden start to get more snaps going forward, some more slot snaps, maybe some, some running back snaps, things like that, to see what Bowden is made of. But 
whatever it was ford wasn't in the cards they got a they got something for him they, they gave him a way to get something in return patriots add isaiah ford and who knows i'm not just saying this because it's the patriots and all oh, whoever the patriots gets it's going to be solid there are room for targets there's room for snaps there's room for any talent at all on the patriots wide receiver core and isaiah ford is a solid player he's not going to be anything insane anything crazy but he is a very solid player so keep an eye out for him and then lastly for receivers alan lazard is coming back he's practiced all week this week i don't know if he's going to play this week but he is coming back alan lazard for aaron Rodgers and the packers the Packers did not trade for any receivers at the deadline. They haven't signed any receivers. So Alan Lazard is going to come back as the number two for Aaron Rodgers as soon as he's back. Okay, and then lastly for the podcast, like I said in the beginning, if you're one of those teams that's already in the playoffs, it's start. It's time to start stashing some upside running backs that can possibly win you your league. There's no reason to have guys on your bench that you're never going to start, especially in a playoff matchup. If there's guys on your bench that you're never going to start unless you're in bye week hell or have injuries, then just start dropping those guys. Start dropping those players that you're probably never going to start anyway in favor of running backs that have upside, like a, like a Brian Hill for Atlanta. Brian Hill had more yards on less carries than Gurley this week. Brian Hill can catch out of the backfield. Gurley does not catch passes anymore. He's not a pass catcher this season. And if the Falcons keep losing, you never know. You really don't know going forward. Maybe if they keep losing, maybe they, they want to see what they have in younger players. And maybe they go younger and they, they start going towards some of their younger players. And you see Brian Hill start to get more touches. He has been getting more touches as the weeks have gone on. And then guys like Jeremy McNichols, the backup for Derrick Henry, Tony Pollard, obviously, for Zeke. If Zeke ever got injured, if the Cowboys just, if the Cowboys keep losing, maybe they just tank the season and say, hey, Zeke, you know what? We don't want you to suffer an injury that could jeopardize you for next year. Let's, uh, let's just hand the reins over to Pollard for the rest of the season. Something like that. You never know, so start stashing these upside, high upside running backs and handcuffs that can win you your league if something breaks right or if an injury happens or things like that. All right, that's the Week 8 waiver show headed into Week 9. As always, follow me on Twitter at Casey underscore G14 if you have any questions. Start, sit, trade questions, anything, who to add, who to pick up. Let me know if you have any questions subscribe and rate the podcast subscribe on youtube at the complete game podcast thanks for listening i'll be back next week